Okay. You ready for episode two? I don't uh, know. It's not your fault. I don't know if I'm ready. All right. So you need to push that button. This blue button? Yes, this blue button. Okay. Hey, I'm Ryan. Hello, I'm Alex. Oh my and gosh. Welcome to How dare you? How dare you? I had to. That's so funny. It was just a it was just a thought. The intro to a previous life, a previous podcast. One of the the best beer podcast I've ever heard. Oh why thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So there you go. Like (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking about how we could intro this episode and that came to mind. So Well, I'm tickled by it. Yeah. I'm tickled. Was not expecting that. Yeah. So I I knew that you would find it very enjoyable. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. I find it very fun. Because you've got a long history of podcasting. I mean, how long did we have that show? It was like three years, I think, we did that show. There's hundreds of episodes. There's not hundreds. There, 100 plus. There's, a, there's over, I think we ended around 130 to 150, I yeah, think. That's, yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. An enormous amount of podcast episodes. There is, yeah. I think we we took most of them down. I think there's only like four up oh, right now. I know. Okay. I well, know. I know. Well, I learned quite a bit, Thank and it's you. a great segue into what we're talking about this time. In what way? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, everyone, and welcome to What's Up with Money an ongoing conversation to help make sense of today's financial confusion. I'm Ryan, a writer and millennial who's asking the questions. I'm Ronald, philosopher and financial advisor who's giving the answers. From outdated 1980s financial advice to magic social media strategies, we aim to shine a light on what's really helpful, lessen financial anxiety, and better understand money. Thanks for joining our conversation as we ask, what's What's up up with with money? From a podcast about beer, we go into a podcast about um, from fermented yeast to fermented cash. Yeah, we- right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, this is, uh, like you said, the second episode of our four-part series. We are calling It's Not Your Fault. Yes, based off our first episode that we ever posted. That's right. And an interesting financial topic that most people don't address no not at all i think it is uh, like you said last episode it's it's designed to be a little uh a little controversial because i think most most gurus out there would tell you that whatever your situation is it's 100 percent your fault yeah and yeah. and we're here to tell you that it's not totally your fault exactly it may not act, there's a chance it could it may not be at all your fault but it's probably some your fault. Yeah, it's this weird dynamic of like there are certain things that you control. Yes. And then there's all these other factors mm-hmm. that you have no control over. Mm-hmm. And I think tonight we wanted to talk about, or this morning, or whenever you're listening. That's right. We want to talk about those things and the ways that like how the ethos of like it is your fault and you're a horrible person when it comes to finance Mm -hmm. evolved and really thinking about like, wait a sec, how much is within your control 
and then how much is not. Right. Yeah, last time we did a bit of an overview about financial context, and we discussed the idea of the two-by-two. Two, the two-by-two. Two. Which is it's a good one. Which is a cross with four quadrants on it. Yes. For those who don't old, know what a two-by-two two is. Good old XY axis. That's right. Classic. We all had it in yep. geometry. Exactly. In algebra, you know? Yeah, one of those. One of those math, high school. And you have on one side, on the x-axis, you have community or like social things or things that are like broadly based. And Mm -hmm. then you have on the other side, you have the things that are specific to you as an individual. Yeah, community can also mean family. Family, yeah. 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 Any sort of like social structure that has influence. Mm -hmm. And then you have on the y-axis, you have success at the top, Failure. failure at the bottom. Right, so you have... You know, so so you have the quadrants are successful, success, personal success, personal failure. Yep. Community, uh, community success. success. Community failure. Yep. And there, there's a range. And yes. one of the things we talked about is that in order to understand things financially, you got to look at these different things and attribute different pieces of your financial picture to each quadrant. Right. Like there are things that happen that are on the side of you mm-hmm. that you did well and maybe not as well. Mm-hmm. Then there's also things that society might do that are good or, 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 or not so good or not so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that sort of has, has a big impact on your financial yeah. situation. So you wanted to test your two by two chart. Yes. Against those financial gurus out there. I did. And prove everything correct. Okay. <laughs> and so you want to start with the two biggies that the gurus talk about, which is uh, your income and your expenses. Yeah, because everyone says spend less than you make. Mm-hmm. Like that is like the golden rule of finance. Yeah. Every, it, like it's not original. It's been around for as long as money's been around. But yeah. everybody sort of touts that as their foundation (laughs) for for everything like voldemort says says it i was just watching a deal with a guy named alex hermosi who's a big social media guy now and he's like that's what makes voldemort so successful is because he works off this basic framework that's just so simple Mm -hmm. and it's like yes spend less than you make Mm mm-hmm it's about as much rocket science as our last <laughs> doesn't make sense of like when I told you like, so if I'm going to advise people financially, buy a stock, sell it for more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, thanks. Yeah. Like genius, like right. didn't think of that before. Right. And, and I think this is where like most people sort of end up in that situation of thinking that like, oh, that's all you have to do. And, and then that also sort of drives then everything is sort of on you to just make sure you're spending less than you make. Right. And Which then ignores if, so many other things. Because if you look at the 1% who are classically, infamously, some of them heavily in debt, they're, well, it's like, they're obviously not spending. Well, it's like we've, we've sort of like loosely joked about like Zuckerberg making a dollar a year salary. Right. I guarantee you... And I'm willing to bet everything I own and have, even my children, mm-hmm. that he spent more than a dollar last year. <laughs> like, like I'll it, take that bet. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just 
in one sense, it's like, yes, that makes sense. And then in this other sense, it's like, is it possible? And is it, is it the foundation of true like financial planning? And, and then it also drives people to being like, okay, I got to continually try and spend less than I make. Right. And, and there's just other things at play. And I think like I've, I've described it as like, it's like financial advice that's in a vacuum mm-hmm. where there's no other factors right. other than what you make and how much you spend. Right. Cause we, in, in, um, in one of our last year's book recommendations, the, um, richest man in Babylon, which is a hundred year old book, like yeah. collection of stories. Yep. It, it's one of the rules they talk about is like, if you make 10 pieces of gold, save one. Yep. Which is 10% of his income. Yep. And then invest that in that in things that make you more money. Exactly. And therefore you will, will become rich in that regard. And so there is sound wisdom there. Yeah. And, and why it makes so much sense is nobody can argue with it. Right. Like you can't, how else do you save? Yep. Unless you've got leftovers to put, to work somewhere else, mm-hmm. any any other financial vehicle out there, stocks, bonds, life insurance, it doesn't matter. You have to put it somewhere, somewhere. Yeah. So a savings account, like everybody takes their extra and tries to put it somewhere mm-hmm. because everybody kind of knows you got to have some in reserves mm-hmm. and, and it just, it's logical. Like it's it. And I think that's why everybody bases their foundation off that that single principle right so and you know different worldviews apply that whether you're like judeo-christian mm-hmm. other sort of things like it's in like the scriptural texts and things like that where yeah. it's like this is what you do and it's like yes because it makes sense like 100 percent, yeah otherwise you can't save money you don't have no, of course not. But but the, the problem then comes when if you are, depending on your context, if you are in a financial situation where even saving 10% is so tough or, or undoable, it, it means, you know, saving that 10% could mean like, um, you know, not putting gas in the tank or like having to buy less groceries or like, will I be able to pay my electric bill this month? Like there are, and that's when you start feeling like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. That I am. uh, And some of it could be you. Some of it, you may be spending frivolously and you may be there. There may be things that you could cut back so you can save that 10%. Yeah. But even if you are someone Cause I feel like I, I've been there before where I've like cut back as much as I can. And I'm like, why can I still not, why do I feel like I'm still not doing it? Yeah. You know? and, and I think that's a real common experience. I think in the last episode I mentioned like a friend that talked to me about like, we got rid of a second car and I don't, I didn't get ahead. Totally. And, and they're like, they're scratching their head trying to figure out like what in the world happened. Mm hmm. And I think that's just where a lot of the popular and even professional advice just goes awry and doesn't accurately sort of take into 
situation, you know, contextual situations and things like that. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think you can do all of those things and you can only cut back your lifestyle so much. Yes. Because it's like, it's like groceries. Like, I think I joked with you the other day that like one advisor is like, so what I recommend all my clients do is did not eat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's laughable. Yeah. But there's also like, depending on where you live, it requires a certain amount of money yeah. just to exist. I remember seeing a post from someone who did the Voldemort method yep. of things and like the post involved, you know, like they were able to pay off the student loans because they did things like eat top ramen. Yep. And, and so nutritious, so nutritious and like really cut back and, 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 and did things like that. But what if you're someone or what if you're in a situation where top ramen is what you normally can do? You know, like what if that is your financial situation? Dog food? Yeah. I, I yeah, and that's that's just where like you have to understand that like living like in America, like living requires a certain amount of money no matter what. Yes. Just for just for the basics of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. of the basics of medical, housing, basics food, transportation. And you have to have a phone mm-hmm. and the internet you do. to exist in today. Yeah. So I right- just discovered that there's, what is it called? Accessibility, the AD, is it the ADP Act? No, accessible. No, it's some, it's, it's some government program where you can get like 30 bucks off your Wi-Fi internet bill if you like make under a certain amount of money yeah because yeah. because the internet is because it's, ne- it's a, mandatory it's a necessity because the government realizes like you it happened during the pandemic like it's it's the internet is mandatory now well because one of the things that happened and i got these letters because i had three students during the pandemic mm-hmm. where they send you a letter saying do you have internet access mm-hmm. if you don't we will give you internet access so that you can do online school because a lot of people don't have and can't afford internet. They can't yeah. afford 50, 60, 70 bucks right. to AT&T or Verizon to get their internet. Mm-hmm. And so then it was like, no, this is, this is a necessity. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what has happened and continues to happen in our culture is like, once these things become established as something necessary, yeah. then it sort of resets the bar financially of what you need to have mm-hmm. in your in your life like you couldn't go well, i'm gonna cut my budget by 60 bucks so i'm gonna turn off the internet yeah. like it just yeah. doesn't it doesn't work or i'm gonna get rid of my cell phone mm-hmm. <laughs> like and although it, there is a, there's a small movement of people like getting rid of smartphones and going back to like the flip phone it's a very tiny niche movement but it's out there and the, and they'll They'll all be gone by 2030 <laughs> and we'll all move on. Survival of the fittest. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's one of those things where it's like these things start to become like you need to have clothes. Yes. You need to have a place to live. Yeah. You need transportation. And so what happens when these things rise to the level that matches your income mm-hmm. and you don't have any you didn't decide like what rent is going to be. Right. If you could, you'd probably go, 
let's make it as cheap as possible mm-hmm. to live mm-hmm. in the same spot. Yeah. And then some people are like, well, just move to like rural Mississippi. It's like, I don't want to live in Mississippi. It's like, well, there's no jobs there. Yeah. So, yes, you could move there, but then your income would be commensurate with... Your income would yeah. be reflective of the fact that you live in Mississippi. No offense to Mississippi. No, none, none. It's yeah. a great, great state. Yeah. One, I've had some wonderful meals there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, love but, saying that, I love saying that I do things on this side of the Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. When I went to college with a bunch of people that had never been west of the Mississippi... So I've been west of the Mississippi my whole life. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. There you go. So, <laughs> but it's these sorts of things that sort of start to sort of like, like cloud the picture. Yeah. But then people are still left feeling that same thing of like, ah, I'm trying to save. I'm trying to spend less than I make. Mm-hmm. And I, and I do believe personally, like that is generally how people want to approach life. Yes. That, like, I don't think the general approach is everyone's just trying to spend more than they make. They're trying to go in a hole. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. that's anyone's financial goal. No. But there's so many, but there's so many things out there that sort of influence like what they, what they do and how they spend. I mean, there definitely is. You get a lot of, that's where, you know, the term, the keeping up with the Joneses comes yep. from, right? Is because you're trying, you know, if you have friends who make more money, and who are going and doing cool things and going on fun trips and buying awesome stuff. Yep. You want to kind of try and keep up with them. And so you're, you're, you know, using credit cards and doing things you probably shouldn't financially do. And that is, that is kind of on yet. Like you shouldn't be, you know, that, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. But I also understand the, the peer pressure to be like, man, like I'm okay. I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go on this ski trip just yep. this once. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it costs you a couple hundred bucks to do it and you can, in, you have trouble paying that off. And soon, you know, those, you know, those bills kind of pile on after a yeah. while and all because you decided to go on a ski trip. Well, it's like, I don't know that anyone finds extreme joy in living with like on ramen, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you don't. Yeah. Like it's way more fun to do the ski trip. It's way more living. It's way more stuff of just like it's way more fun. <laughs> like yes. there's all these things that like like to just cook all your meals. Like it's a lot of work. <laughs> like <laughs> like I feel that. Like I got three kids. It's like to cook dinner, it's like okay, I got to carve out an hour yeah. well i will say like it depends on you know some people like my fiance gets a lot of joy out of cooking yeah and so that's different yeah you know yeah. i know i have other friends who i have other friends who love cooking and they do a lot of their own cooking then i have other friends who n- only maybe cook when they have to yeah you know it just it just kind of depends on your own personal preference and i guess how good you are at it and uh, my guess is your fiance is not like Okay, my favorite thing to cook is ramen noodles. No. <laughs> no. No. No, not at all. I'm very I'm a very lucky man. He she's she's very good at what she does. And you um, prefer to eat things that aren't styrofoam noodles, no, you know, like Not at all. But there I mean I mean yes, there is now we're kind of walking a fine line though where there is a point where okay, are you are you doing things like, could you be cutting back and not really affecting your lifestyle that much? Like, yeah. versus, 
like you are in such a financial situation that that's not even like an option. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for you. Yeah. And so, so there, there comes a point when it's, when you kind of are like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have done that. Like you, you can't afford that. Why yeah. did you do that? You yeah. know, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. But then there are situations when it's like, oh no, you, you just are in a bad financial situation. Like it's just a bummer. Yeah. 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 And I think that's the, that's the dilemma. And that's the thing that like most people I think are finding themselves in, in today's economy and today's world of trying to do better, but also being in a spot where they're like, ah, my excess cash is not as free mm-hmm. and there's not as much as I feel like there should be. Yes. And, and then it's like, well, what's going on? Yeah. And that, I think that gets into our like two big topics of income and expenses mm-hmm. of like, how do, how do you control income and expenses and what things are at play that influence, you know, your income and your expenses? Okay. Well, let's start with income, right? Cause income. Because income feels like it is mainly out of your control, right? But you could go make more money. In theory. In theory. In theory, you could. In theory, yeah. But there's so many factors. Let's just start about, let's just go the easy route. And let's just say you went to college, got a degree in finance. Okay. We talk about finance. Probably worthless. (laughs) You went to a college, found a job in finance being, let's say you're an accountant. Okay. Let's go real middle of the road. Yep. You got hired at a firm, you're an accountant at some firm or some, some business and you make a year, you know, and a yearly, you know, you have a base salary and every year you get some form of a raise. Yep. You know, you could, you know, the base level 3%, maybe more, maybe you can negotiate a little bit, but, and you stay at that company for a while, like people used to, you, you make so much. You know? Yep. And so... And 90% of people in America make less than 100K. Yep. So your salary is probably... Going to be... Let's say 75. Okay, 75. Which is fine. Now, did that person control their salary? Partially. How did they control it? How did they not control it? They chose an industry of interest and with certain caps and ceilings on the earning level. Okay. So, and then they decided to take a job with a company with a set pay pay structure. Right. So, in that sense, it's like most jobs in America pay less than 75, 80,000. Sure. So, like, you can decide to be a Jamba Juice manager <laughs> and make 60K a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what you have to work with. They're not going to pay you a hundred. They're going to try and get rid of you if you make more than like 65, 70. Yeah. And so, you know, that's where depending on what you choose as far as a degree and interest, that can dramatically affect like, Versus if you decide to be a lawyer and you go to law school, get a master's in law Mm -hmm. and then get on with a firm and then do all of that 
then you might make 150. Mm -hmm. But then you also had to do all of that stuff and have that interest that sort of led you to an income earning in that profession. Right. So, you know, if you decide to be a CPA, it's like, okay, maybe you might get to a hundred. Then you're sort of bound by the economy of what that particular role pays Mm -hmm. as far as income goes. I think it also depends on like what, which school did you go to? Oh yeah. Is that, that'll determine what jobs you can get. Yep. Because some people were on, some jobs will only accept applications from a certain level of schooling. Exactly. Yeah. And there, and then there's a, there's an association between that means you're extra good. Yeah. And so we're going to pay a premium for talent. Yes. Which I think, in general, our culture does do. We tend to pay a premium for talent mm-hmm. in sports and in jobs and in other other places. Yeah. And so then you end up sort of having to sort of navigate that and getting, you know, getting into a spot. But if you get yourself into a spot where like the top level income earners in the profession and the interest that you have is 80K, mm-hmm. that's probably where you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not ones that pay like, well, for these people, we pay like 150 Yeah. And it's like, no, there's certain jobs that just don't pay that yeah. much. And, I mean, there's a bunch of different reasons why that is. But depending on what you choose, like, even if you choose to be a doctor, it's like, cool, that might pay you $250. Mm-hmm. But it's going to cost you $250 in in student loans, you know, like, so there's these other things that sort of factor into like how that, how that works. I think, you you know, you brought up interests and I think that's also the key point here because that's, that, that's the, that is the, the touchstone or the, you know, the turning point in in everyone's life is like, Mm -hmm. what do you, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't want to be a lawyer, if you don't want to be a doctor, if you have no interest yeah. in being a CPA, well, that now that those those rule those things out. You don't mm-hmm. want to do that. So yep. now, how are you going to make money? And so, yep. and, and and you know, you could go. There's the unconventional way of like maybe you start your own business, but that's yep. a huge gamble. Yeah, like what if that fails? If it succeeds, great. But if not, even if it does succeed, how much money are you are you going to be able to have a paycheck? Especially yeah. like the first few years. Yeah, how is that going to go for you? And so there's a lot that is so out of your control, especially like the more the, the, in either situation, whether you go the straightforward route or the, I'm going to be freelance and I'm going to be, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to do that. Either way, there's so much out of your control that it's, it can be very hard to feel like you're getting any type, if you're getting ahead at all financially when you're struggling just to figure out yourself and like how that's going to go. Well, it's like, I'll look back and like, I loved food and beverage. Mm -hmm. Like I like our time at Jamba juice together. (laughs) Like I loved that. And I, I believe I was the highest paid manager. Well, I mean, you ran one of the most profitable stores. One I did, I did so much back then. And I loved it. I just didn't make any money at it. No. Yeah. <laughs> and 
And we had tons of fun and great time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wasn't Gordon Ramsay, and I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have, I didn't have like a cooking, you know, utensils line and pots and pans line. No, I didn't have yeah. TV shows. You, oh, it, if only though, like amazing. And oh yeah, like I could maybe I could have sold Vitamix blenders. I don't know, but <laughs> but it was it was that dilemma of like this is really fun. I love doing this. It's it it's fun having the cast of characters that we had. There's just not a lot of money in it. Yeah. From, you know, from my perspective. And you and then you realize like, oh, very few people in the food and beverage industry are yeah. like Gordon Ramsay or mm-hmm. these others that sort of elevate themselves above and beyond yeah. what the basics well, of the it helps when you're a do. chef also you're a famous chef yeah I mean, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and but but that's well, true if you go okay speaking of culinary arts if you decide to become a chef if you love food we were talking about yeah. cooking earlier there's also a cap on you know unless you become world famous like and start your own or Gordon, start your own restaurant like, yeah, like like there's only so much you can do there like exploring gordon ramsay because we love Gordon Ramsay in our house. He's great. Like, and I got to meet him once and he's a great guy. And, but Gordon Ramsay didn't become Gordon Ramsay because of like, not only because he just could cook food well. Right. That was a part. Mm-hmm. It took TV shows, endorsements, becoming yeah. a household name to become the Gordon Ramsay we know. Right, because I don't think before like things like Hell's Kitchen or Kitchen Nightmares, people could name a restaurant that Gordon Ramsay had. I don't think I actually can now. I just yeah. know the TV shows that yeah. he's been in. Exactly. Yeah, and so there's there's like that side of things that is is seldom talked about and seldom attributed to like regular people mm-hmm. uh, in in regards to finance. And yeah. that's, I think, the difference between like this this generic thing of like, oh, spend less than you make, yeah, and you'll be fine, as opposed to like what really escalates, right? And yeah, now there be, there may be some listeners out there who are thinking like, buy property, rent sure. it out, yeah. which is like you know you hear about stories like that too. Someone who has um, who's an accountant who has a job who makes seventy five k, they buy some property and they have a rental property and they they make rent. Yeah, you, you can. You can totally go that route too. And that's a way to make supplemental income and exactly. to make more money. But the caveat is, can you actually, like, can you afford to do that? Yeah. Are there going to be people who can rent out your apartment? Is there going to be a pandemic where the government says they don't have to pay rent? <laughs> they don't have to pay rent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's this false assumption that like income and expenses are 100% in your control. Mm-hmm. And I just... Like the more I've looked at it, the more I'm like, eh, just a part of that is in your control. Yeah. And like I pulled out a drift. I got it mm-hmm. sitting right here. I see that. Of like, like these, there's a couple of charts in the beginning that just fascinate me to no end of like. You know, we love talking charts on this I podcast. Because charts translate so well. <laughs> but like these two in the beginning, like productivity related to hourly compensation like U.S. productivity just went through the roof since 1980. I remember this graph. And compensation co- stayed, st- it actually dipped at one point. Yeah, it dipped. Yeah. And then you look at like the next, you flip the page, which we just flipped the page. Yes. You can't tell, but we did. 
maybe we have like a page turning. And it's like wage growth by income level. Like the top 1% grew by over 100% since 1980. I know. And the 99% basically stayed flat that's the graph that made me go oh i should probably invest in stocks because <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah because you're like oh crap wages have done nothing for yes. people yes over the last 40 plus years no not at all and so it's like okay what do you do if your wages stay flat and everything around you becomes more expensive you uh, y- yeah you go you go to your your boss and be like can i have 200 grand please you know, <laughs> and it's yeah. like, you know, you try to negotiate a raise and they can, they, they, they will only give you so much. Okay. We're going to take a break and part due to talk about income and expenses to discuss another previous book from last year. Well, we didn't necessarily recommend it. Oh, did we not? We thought about recommending. We thought it. about it. It was on. It was on the list, but we ended up not. Yeah, because it's on everyone else's list of like you got to read this book, either about like finance or like what are the ten books to read to get your life right in the new year or mm-hmm. whatever. So, and it's Think and Grow Rich. Yes, I, I did read. I did read it. I think that's why because I did okay. read it. Okay. In fact, okay, it can be tough to read because it is old, and so it is. It's and and some of the I will say some of the ideas are outdated. Yep. So be be wary of that. But there were some things that I I read that did kind of stay with me a little bit. What about yourself? Yeah, there I was first exposed to it at a like a a meeting or like a conference that was like this lady was like this is the book that changed my life. Oh wow. And I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll pick it up." And then I read it and I was like, "Yeah. Okay, I can see how like in a self-help way mm-hmm. it was like oh yeah for i think for some people it probably is like the language and the and the self-help and the direction that mm-hmm. they need yeah and then the lady was like and I, what you need to do is read the chapter on perseverance every day i just <laughs> i just didn't have it in me yeah so i didn't have the perseverance so I, was like, <laughs> I read it once and i was like okay yeah this is good um but, and I think some people will like go like, oh, it's the best, like one of the best finance books. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. There's no money in it. Yeah. Like there's no talk. There's the Not talk really. of like pursuing like what you want yeah. and like being adamant about like, like making sure that like you go after the things that you're, yeah. that you want to go after. Right. And and I do think like one of the things that I really liked is the idea of like, what is the skill that people will pay you for? Oh, yes. Like, yeah. I think that's a real interesting concept that I think is, is, well, that's what, you know, the idea of the trade yep. comes in. You have a trade, you know, you, you currently as a financial advisor, that's your skill that yeah. people are paying you for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As me, I'm, I'm a writer. That's my skill that people are yeah. paying me for. And so then the general idea is like, okay, be really good at that. Yeah. So people will pay you for that expertise. And I think there's some real wisdom in that. And I think that's a little different than how most of us thought about jobs <laughs> in the past. Like, yeah. Oh, you get a job that just pays well, or you try and get a job that's not fast food for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. 
But I, I think this one, and I, I actually think it's one that stands the test of time and is actually really appropriate for today in that, like, hey, if you if you become really, really good at something, people will start to pay you for that skill and yes. expertise. They'll see the value in it. Yeah. yeah and, and there is, like, I do believe that there is a better income earning potential within that than potentially with like a normal like w2 job totally i mean because because i mean if you look at that you you can kind of see that i i i think i i told you about a book called the alchemist which I yeah oh i started listening to it oh nice yeah okay read by jeremy irons Fantastic. which is just yeah I mean, which is great if James Earl Jones read it, it'd be a little better, but it's okay. Right. That that, that book gets a little more heady because it talks, it kind of talks about similarly, but it's about the your sole purpose. Yeah. You know, which which I think really, and, and that, that can mean a variety of things, but when it comes to like your occupation, you know, even being an accountant, like, is that okay? Like you may see that as like a, a W-2 job, but like, is, are you, what if, what if you're really good at that job? Yeah. What if you, you know, you get promoted at that job or you have your own firm yeah. or like, you know, being like whatever, being a CPA or uh, I don't know, what have you, you specialize in one thing, people value that one thing and that can lead to, to a level of wealth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and potentially more than you could make otherwise. Right. And it's not the only way to no. make money, but it's definitely like an old it's it's a it's an old school kind of like uh this is my purpose, this yeah. is my this is my my craft, my art, what have you. Yeah. yeah. And and I do think there's some wisdom in the history of like it being like a, another 100-year-old type book mm -hmm. of like the way people like some people like Voldemort will say income is your biggest wealth potential. And it's like, well, no. I mean, no, like, if you have a WT job no. paying you 60 K a year, no, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's more like you are your, you are, you yeah. are your wealth potential. Yeah. You are your wealth potential. And I, and I think finding that can, can be, and has proven to be even like we talk about, we talk about Bezos of like, like his wealth potential dramatically increased after he made Amazon. Yes, it did. <laughs> and, you know, not on his own, not without help, but that like following through on that idea. Yeah. Like proved. Well, one of my, one of my favorite moments, the book, the, the part of the book that really stayed with me was a chapter where he talks about, uh, this this story where a guy was during the gold rush bought all this equipment mm. went looking for like you know like he he found he found some gold yeah and was like oh shoot i bet the vein is like the mother load vein is nearby mm. so he goes he buys all this equipment and for months he's like digging around looking for the yeah. main vein of gold where that little bit of gold he found came from and eventually he stops and he's like, ah, there's nothing here. It's probably just a fluke. And then he goes, he sells all his equipment to some guy. And, uh, and that guy who he sold his equipment to is like, yeah, I'm just going to go back and check. I have all this equipment now. And he's like, I'm just going to, he was digging over yeah. here. I'm just going to do a little due diligence on my own. 
and literally the guy was three feet away yeah from the gold vein if, if that guy had just kept digging for three more feet he yeah. would have found the vein uh and i think about that all the time yeah like you you could just be three feet away yeah from from the gold vein yeah so just keep going yeah you know you know, one of the stories that like hit me as a parent was when he's talking about his own child, like being hard of hearing. Oh yeah. And then like there's, and, and this, it's so weird because it's like, he was like, no, I don't buy the diagnosis that like he'll never hear. Yeah. And then it's this weird, like, all, like in one sense, he'd be like, it's a weird, like insanity. Like, a little bit because at first I like you read it and you're like you don't know if you like it because he's like not accepting the fact that his son is, is, is deaf, deaf. <laughs> and you're like what's wrong with you like yeah he's deaf but I, I forgot what but he does do he his son is able he's not able to he, hear per se well I, I forgot what the hell how does that story go again yeah so basically like the son the son's like hard of hearing yeah and so the they worked on some things to like make it so that he could start to hear mm -hmm. and and there's this like weird there's like this weird perseverance of sorts of like i don't buy it i'm gonna explore and like we've had other people in our lives that like almost don't accept the diagnosis yeah or like the conventional wisdom or like the just write it off as like oh this is mm -hmm. and go no, like, let's see what we can do. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, to me, I read it as less about, like, that, like, irrational kind of, like, you know, I just don't believe you. To being yeah. like, no, let's see if we can make something different. Yeah. Like, let's, let's test, let's test it. Like, let's, let's see. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's something that I've used, like, in my own path of, like, like, I test, like, oh, does this financial strategy actually work mm -hmm. for people and and be like does it what does it do and i think it's some of the origins of like why we're doing this of like you know it's like oh sure everyone says to do that but like does it really work mm -hmm. and is there is there something else that we could do and keeping options open as opposed to just being fixed in like the mindset around yeah. around something. So I think that has like that story to me. And then being a parent, you're like, yeah, mo like I think most parents probably go like, no, let's work for our kids. Like, yeah, let's yeah, try yeah, and like, yeah. let's, let's, you know, I don't believe you doctor, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Even though like we might not know what's best or better, we just don't, there's you, something about like with kids that you just don't want to accept want like to accept a fixed it. yeah a fixed reality i get so, that yeah. but i think that could be really valuable and important in other areas as well which is i think why he includes it mm -hmm. in the book yeah but, well think and grow rich interesting read yeah check probably it out the only time we'll recommend it as far as like most people recommend it most people place it on their list it's yeah. a fine book it it's could not, be inspiring you could get something out of it check it out yeah. Yeah. That was probably our most enthusiastic book recommendation. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Well, and like the running joke of like 2022 was if you got a 5% pay increase, you got a pay cut. Yes. Which in, it, people are like, but I made more money. It's like, yeah, but you couldn't, you couldn't buy as much. Right. And, and that's, that's the game. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's the dilemma of yeah, like, that's where you got to check out the rate of inflation when it's time to negotiate that raise. Yeah. It's like if inflation goes up by 8%, then you better make 8% on the money that you have and mm-hmm. the income that you earn or you went backwards. Yep. And that's where I think people end up in those situations. Like my friend that was like, I got rid of the car and I have less money. It's like, yeah, because everything you buy was more expensive. Yep. And I think when we had Ben on the episode, he talked about the personal rate of inflation being completely different than the CPI. Yeah. Because you look at like the different things that you buy and it's like, you could buy the same ramen and three years ago it was 20 cents. Now it's 50 cents. It's a huge, that's a yeah, huge now, increase. Now your food budget is double <laughs> and you're still eating ramen. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is a very real situation that I just don't feel like the pros and the gurus like no. give as much attention to. Cause there's, there's also the, the, the cell, you know, when you're going through schooling Mm-hmm. and you're like in high school and you think about college and what you're going to study and you're told the whole, you know, uh, go to a good school so you can get a good job. Yep. So you can make a good salary. Yep. You know? And so that's, that, that's what, that's the idea, exactly. you know? And so, and you think that's going to be it. Great. That's, you know, you just gave me the goal. I have, I have yep. the, ch- I have the boxes set yep. to check. Boom, boom, boom. Here we go. But that's not actually, you, you learn that like, at least my generation, you know, you know, there were reports out how, I don't know if it's the same with your generation, but at least millennials and younger. Oh, we're are, screwed just as much as you so. are, are less and less doing like staying at jobs for a while or, yep. or one, because when you go from job to a job, you can negotiate for a higher pay yep. wage that, yep. that way. And two are the younger generations are being like, I don't want to do that. Like that's, that's obviously not the way to get rich anymore. That's not the way to make money anymore, you know, because, and so you're seeing a huge shift in, in how people work now Mm -hmm. to compensate for the, the rate of the, the cost of living increase. Yeah. Cause people are looking at me like, so you want to pay me $70,000 to show up and do 50 hours of work? Yeah. I feel like I could make that on YouTube. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and, and there's, I mean, there's that a, ad revenue, baby. There's enough, there's enough of that happening to make people wise to the fact that like, yes, that is a possibility. Yeah. And there's enough success stories, but people are realizing like, Oh, trading time for money in that old way mm-hmm. might not work as well. Correct. It's like, Okay, like I like I've got a friend who is a wizard in, you know, CRMs. What's that? Like customer management, like Salesforce, like these these things like managing databases. Oh. And it's like he works for a company. And he gets a salary to build databases for businesses. Okay. I'm like, I think you could make more money building those on your own. Yeah. Like, and, 
less time, less effort, less, you know, you could probably make the same money for a fourth of the time yeah. if you go on your own. It's a big jump, though. It's a big it, it, it is. It is because the safety and security of the, the steady paycheck is. Yeah, the health insurance. All of it, yeah. The retirement. Yeah, all of it. So, but it's like, I think if he were to jump, he would be happier, mm. make more money essentially work less, be in control of his time in ways that would benefit him far more than the current place well, he's that's, at. Well, that's an interesting study, right? Because we're all talking about individual and, and you know, what you control here. And so in, 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 in this scenario, your friend ha- is at a turning point. He is, yeah. Where he could make a choice to go freelance or have his own business yep. and do it himself. Yep. But what is he giving up? We just said he's giving up health insurance. Does he have kids? No. Okay, he's single? Yep. He's not married? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, okay. That's a lot. Okay, right there, right there and yeah, there. That, I'm kind of like, go for it. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's kind of, that. that is a little, yes, there is the safety net he's leaving. Yeah. And it's scary to go on your own. Yeah. But in that case, I would say, how, how young is this guy? 40. Okay. He's not, he's, you know, but... He's not a kid like you. He's not. A, he's not. A, I mean, I'm not much younger, but I would say he could take the leap. I would say that he could at least start looking like maybe yep. while he's employed, see if he can find other clients and like, yeah, and start searching. I, yep. I would say like, that's something he could do. So in, in that way, that's in his control. But if he was married with kids who were dependent on health insurance and whatnot, I think that'd be a much mm. It's a much more difficult much equation. More, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and so in that way, the context of the situation is different, yep. kind of controlling him one way or another. Exactly. Let's Now let's get into, we talked about a little bit, let's get into expenses here. Expenses, yeah, the other, the other side of the coin. The other side of the coin, which does feel like out of the gate, that's 100% your control. Yeah, because it, it's that, and I think this is why those, those foundations are built on income and expenses and just spend less than you make. Like that is the core because it, it's the idea that what you spend is totally within your control. Right. Which is half true. And I think most people be like, no, it's hundred percent true. It's like, no, because you control what you spend, what you choose to buy with your money. Mm -hmm. You don't control what it costs what those goods and services cost. And no, so you can, not. you can decide which ones you want to take, but even in like the ramen noodle situation, it's like ramen's twice as much as it was a few years ago. So even if you're living off the basics, mm-hmm. that expense alone has doubled in cost. But it's also, you're, you're paying for quality, right? And, and you, you joked about it earlier, but like, you, if, do you not think that ramen is quality? <laughs> well, you can, I've yeah. seen, I've seen stuff online where you can make, you can use top, you can make it really good, but it's also high in sodium. And what I'm getting at is that when you, <laughs> yeah. when you buy, you know, you get what you pay for. Exactly. And yeah. so yes, it may be helping you, but when you go see your doctor, what is what is your yeah. doctor get, gonna say? Like, when, like when the, what, have you been <laughs> what have you been eating? You know, it's it's you know you know that's that's why you see, you know you know studies like like obesity rates in children, low income, you yeah. know, because they can yeah. only afford a certain type of food. Yeah, and 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 this is where I think it gets really tricky 
And I don't know that it sells products very well. And so I don't think this is why gurus and pros talk about it much Mm -hmm. because it doesn't, it just makes more sense to be like, just spend less than you make. Right. It's simpler. It's packageable. It, yeah. And it's like our old, you know, thing that we talked about between the, you know, the gurus being wrong and professional advice and, or like, you know, economists being correct, but it doesn't, it's, it's not a marketable thing. Right. And oh, the study we, yeah. we talked. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that great book rec that or study recommendation that, yes, we, yeah. that we had. All the economists, right. all the gurus are wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, and and I think it goes back to that idea that, that it it is so simple, and it's easy to wrap your mind around. But then you go and you look at like I sent you the thing about there was a study done on like basic consumer goods, mm-hmm. like nothing wild. We're not talking lavish. You're not buying like crazy stuff vacations random stuff you don't need or whatever it might be but just like the basic consumer goods of gasoline utilities and Mm -hmm. groceries for the average american went up in a two-year period by 700 dollars a month it's a lot so if your wages don't increase by that level which for most people they don't Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, the same basic. I think it was just groceries, wasn't it? Wasn't it just like just groceries for the average household went up seven hundred dollars a month? There's, I've read like three or four different takes on this, but groceries is one where it's like, like, like those just jumped. So the same things you bought in 2020, 2021 today cost seven hundred dollars more a month. Mm -hmm. That's eighty four hundred a year. Mm-hmm. Most people's income did not jump by eighty four hundred a year. No. So then, what do you do? You have either reduce your savings so that you can still buy groceries, or you eliminate eating. Yeah. <laughs> like, like there's no there's no other way around it. And some people are like, well, just go make more money. It's like, well, well, thank yes, you, sir. Thank you. Thank like, you, Einstein. Yes, I, sure. <laughs> Give me $100,000 more of income, please. Just yeah. it That's not reality. And I think that's the pickle that people have found themselves in where they're like, what do I do? Yeah. I thought I did everything right. I'm trying to do things the right way. And everything around me is changing. You know, yeah. you know houses, cars, gas electricity, groceries, like fast food. Like, like it's like you want to get a f- any sort of like combo meal and it's like 15 bucks. No, no. You know, it's like for a burger, fries, and drink. And it's like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> like a couple years ago, this was six bucks. <laughs> like, and so then it, it just makes that equation for people on... They're unable to do it. Yeah. And and then they're left with a choice. Like, do I live or do I save? <laughs> like <laughs> and and I think this is it's super unfortunate. And I think it's just the world we live in now that we have to find a different answer. Yeah. And I think it's easy to say, oh, just spend less than you make. Like that's easy to say. But in like for me, like in working with people in real life financially, it's like Okay, 
I need you to live. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like that's a higher priority than you saving, Mm -hmm. even though I know savings important and necessary, but you have to make those trade-offs and you You can't, you, and and I think for most people, they can't reduce their living to a level that allows for saving in, in a way that's like meaningful and like significant, like it was, 100%. 100%. Years and ago. even like just to take that like a tier a tier up, right? Even if you do have even if you're not necessarily at that level, but you're still not, you know, great. Yeah. Let's say there is one thing that you do allow yourself, right? Like you yeah. have one thing like like uh like a little spa moment or massage yeah. or like you're like this is my one somewhat pricey thing i allow myself a month just for peace of mind yeah right like you you wait like do you give that up so you can save it or do you like are you like no i need this like i'm gonna keep this yeah and do it you know i think what's really hard is most of those things are not breaking the bank Mm -mm. like a gym membership what is that? A hundred bucks or it's like coffee. Like yeah. the eh, Starbucks, like if you stop buying $5 lattes, your financial life would be better. Yeah. yeah. It's like how many, like if you bought a hundred $5 lattes in a month, that's three a day. <laughs> like, yes. Like I don't know that anybody's doing that. So let's say you cut out $35 lattes. Awesome. You just saved 150 bucks. That's not the problem. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think this is where most people then go, well, to hell with it. Like, yeah. I'll just keep buying my lattes because I don't, like, it's not, it's not the thing that's going to radically change no. my situation. No, it's not. And, and then they look at it and they do a cost benefit analysis and be like, so I could suffer a lot and then have eight bucks. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll take my, I'll but spend, an, I'll spend a, the eight bucks. It's an easy thing to point at. You know, like I just said, like, let's say you go and you get like a $50 massage a month, right? A guru is going to look at that and be like, why are you doing that? You can't afford that. Don't do it. Yeah. And, but what if that's, that's like the one thing that's, that's holding you on, <laughs> you know, you're it's like, a, no, yeah, you don't yeah. understand for my mental. Like I need that. Like, yeah. Well, and, and I think people, like, I think there was a time in history where those things made a significant financial impact for the future. Mm-hmm. In today's world and the economy, saving 50 bucks a month for the future does nothing for people. <laughs> and I think people are getting wise to it because yeah. they're starting to do the math. There's there's so many things out there on social media, calculators, this thing, that thing, opinions, and other people that are like, this isn't going to do anything. Yeah. Like, this doesn't solve my student debt, <laughs> or this doesn't create a down payment for my for a house. No. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, I trimmed 50 bucks a month, so I ended the year with the $600 in my account. Yeah. What can I buy with that? Like, that's uh, one Costco run. <laughs> you know, like, that's that's how people are starting to think of it. So people are, I think people today are being a whole lot more mindful. That's great. Which is great. Yeah. 
but I also think they're working in a situation that's like not helpful. <laughs> well, it's it, we're in a situation that's forcing mindfulness. Yeah. Because you kind of have to be in order yeah. to stay afloat. Yeah. And like I sent you, like I had run some numbers on like, okay, what if someone gets a 5% raise and then, you know, but then inflation is 8% and then they were saving 10%. And, and now like, what does it take to do that? And now they're in a deficit. Like, yeah, like the math just doesn't, it doesn't work out the same when you have these external factors calculated. And like for me, like I've got three kids. It's like, which one do I want to not feed? <laughs> you know, or like, you know. Well, one's listening, so yeah, you don't want. Yeah, one is, one is listening because we are doing this in a live environment. And so then it's, but that, that I think is the real thing. And, and I think this old idea of, well, people are in their situation because they just spend so lavishly and so crazy. Like I, it's those avocado toasts, us millennials and our avocado toast, man. Like it's been that, the downfall of our generation. Yeah. And if you guys <laughs> could just fix that, you could own a million dollar home. Yeah. And it's like, no, that, that is not at all the case, but it, there's something about it that seem that like upon hearing it seems like, Oh yeah. Like they're being frivolous. It's like, no, like, no, they, we're not. They're, they're not. Like, I mean, I, avocados are I mean, gross, but. Some are. I, I've yeah. had friends who bought things and I'm like, why'd you why'd do you that? that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you also go like, if you didn't buy that, your whole financial life would be totally different. No. Like, it's no. just not, it's just not the, it's not reality. No. And I think that's where I have a lot of struggles in just like most of the advice and most of the stuff just doesn't match reality mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's not true no like we said at the beginning like yeah. there is truth to the whole like put 10 percent away and and, yeah. and invest in and that's how you gain wealth there is truth to you know spending less than you make there is truth to you know paying attention to your expenses and yep. making sure you're spending wisely yep but there's also truth to the fact that there are factors involved out of your that are out of your control yeah that affect how you spend yeah and and affect if your expenses are just going to continually increase at yeah. a higher rate than like, your income it's like your friend who sold his second car and yet he's still not ahead it's like how does that make sense yeah and and you they're know? sitting there being like i've done everything right and and behind like yeah. like what like what's going on yeah like what is happening and I, and I think that's sort of in, in my mind, why we need approaches that sort of say like, Hey, listen, there's a lot of things that aren't in your control mm -hmm. and an encouragement for people to be like, you got to start playing the game that works in this context. Mm -hmm. And I, and like one of my fears, especially like in regards to retirement is that people are playing a game that doesn't actually work. Right in this context yeah. and and we'll you know we'll pay the price mm -hmm. and it's not cutting out your starbucks like that's not the game mm -hmm. like that that's easy that's an easy sell but that's not the real game and so you know i tend to believe like you got to exponentially increase your income above the rates of inflation asset right. price like you got to stay ahead mm-hmm and most people that's so hard that's so tough to do depending on on 
how you how you make your income yeah and and what's available to you to make extra income and are you even interested in making extra? like some of the side hustles i've seen i'm like i don't want to do no Ugh. i'm not doing that yeah yeah you know? it's it's just like they're which is like good on the people who do it like good on them yeah. no, nothing against it but for me and and my fiance we're like no we're not going to do that yeah like yeah they're you know you have to you got to figure out what works with you. Yeah. And that's, that's where I just think like being really mindful about what you're hearing and experiencing around income and expenses and realizing that not all of it's in your control Yeah, and, and then making choices around it. Yeah. So, yeah, but it feels like we're winding down to a penny for down. your thoughts. Do you have one for our part D? coughs it out always coughing well i texted i i had sent you some notes and and things on on it and i you did i had one thought of like like in america we tend to have a strong economy yes like there's a lot of things like that make our country unique Mm mm-hmm and I think we're moving into a spot where it's like, okay, is this strong for everyone or is it strong for only a few? I think a lot of people are feeling that. And I, and I think it's, I think it's a good thing in one sense for change that a lot of people are feeling like, eh, we're good as a country, but I don't feel good. Right. <laughs> and those 1% feel like they're doing really well and I'm not. Mm-hmm. So, there's part of me that's like hopeful that like things will start to shift. Yeah. And well, one of the amazing things I think is, and it's one of the glorious things that no matter what you think about with social media and TikTok, like the fact that all these one percenters and people who make a lot of money went on TikTok and showed their lifestyle, right? Cause oh, we, gosh, we yeah. all, we've all seen episodes of the Kardashians and stuff and it's like, Oh, it's meant to be aspire, you know, aspiring and stuff. And it's like, okay, but you never, they showed us what they wanted us to see. But then you have these other, other one percenters going on TikTok and showing us the day in the life and people are being like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> this is what your life is like. This is, yeah. I'm, I'm freaking, I can barely do anything like and this is what you're and people are like no not cool man not yeah. cool you know like and so i i think that has i think they kind of did to themselves in that way where yeah. they were oh, yeah. they, yeah. they kind of peeled the curtain back and we all like looked in anger <laughs> well because some of it's just like so ridiculous yeah of like wait you you did what <laughs> like yeah. like one of my favorites is like Every entrepreneur should have a private jet on their vision board. Oh, <laughs> and we, like you're like, okay, yeah, like calm down, like yeah. I've I've seen videos like that where of of the one like people of uber wealth showing what they do, and like if you look at the comment section, it's all hate. It's just all people being like, I can barely afford food. Like, how dare you? Like, <laughs> yeah. what the heck is going on? Yeah, you know. And and I th- I think it's starting to sort of expose like what, you know, what's in the book adrift of like this just huge disconnect. There's these other folks that are like, you know, Jeff Bezos made millions of dollars a minute 
last year. It's like it's what uh, what are we doing? I I mean, and good on him. Good like, on him. Like you know, but like that's insane. Yeah, it it just it's causing people, I think, to have sort of like that. Like this doesn't. Like, it hurts this, your brain. It is, hurts your brain when you hear that. Yeah, and it's know? like, is this what we've come to? Like, is this what's socially and ethically and morally, yeah, like best for us? And and I just think most people are finding themselves like, okay, you're making it incredibly hard for me to exist as a person in this I mean, country. He isn't. He isn't because Amazon is like almost a perfect product like that, that no matter how much you hate it, you use it. I, I guarantee you used it today to buy something. Yeah. You know, and yeah. because it, it, it's there at your doorstep to like a day, if not two days later. Yeah. And so like, it's so like in a way like that's, you know, that's very successful and, and, and good, yeah. but like a bill, like a million, a billion, a minute, a, a million, mil- like a, a million, million, a minute, minute is that's that's ridiculous that's crazy yeah when I, I i think people are like genuinely like oh my thing went off um i think people are genuinely like trying to make it work yeah. and i don't i don't think the problem financially for people is just they're reckless no like i don't i don't I don't know that I've met anyone that I'm like, you're just so incredibly reckless with your your money. Like, you know, you know, but I do, I do think people are having this like dilemma of like, I'm trying to like survive. Yeah. I'm trying not to be like no fun. Yeah. But there's so many, like people are like, there's so many things that like, I just didn't sign up for this. Like I didn't like I didn't yeah. choose like housing prices to skyrocket so that I couldn't afford one. I didn't choose interest rates. I didn't mm-hmm. choose like these different things. Like I preferred it when gas was eighty nine cents. Of course. Like when I went like I didn't make it five dollars a gallon. Yeah. And so I I just think that there's so many things that are sort of happening that I think hopefully will like wake people up. And be like, we we can and should do better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not. And then you have the other side that's like, well, it's just people wanting a handout. It's like, no, I don't think that's what people are actually no, after. Because no, they just want. And you have, and there are people who are uber wealthy who are doing like you know Mark Cuban. Yep. Um, I think he's a great example of someone with a lot of money who's doing great things yep. with that money to better. For, you know, with, from that website that for, you know, prescription drugs, prescription yeah. drugs that cost to he's last I heard designing like a, a city for elderly with dementia. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. To, 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 so that they could have some type of, of, of life that is somewhat independent, but still like, you know, like just to ease that. And it's like, yeah. well, there, okay, here's a guy who's like doing something. Yeah. For, is, for the betterment of other people. Is he the only billionaire not trying to go to space right now? I think so. Right, he might be, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Swift's not, though. He, she, I think she just passed the B, the B mark. Oh, yeah. Sure. The heir is to her. The heir is to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a billionaire yeah. now. But, but she yeah. She goes to a lot of football games now. <laughs> she does. She does. Got to support her man. And he goes to a lot of concerts. 
you know, I gotta love it. I love it. I love to see it. And so anyway, 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 there are, there are those who are doing good, but for the most part, there are others, yeah. you know, who you just kind of shake your head and you're like, what the heck? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Yeah. So I think that pretty much sums up this idea that like, there's, there's a lot that's just not within our control. Yeah. Which is both comforting and scary at the same time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and to believe that like income and expenses, like there's only in the, in the two by two, there's a part of that. That is you. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of that. That's the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Half of it is you. Half yeah. of it is, yeah. is the rest of the world. Yeah. So, um, what are we doing next week? Next week, I thought of, it's not your fault. Yay, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> and and kind of honing in on like this idea that like, yes, there's a lot of things outside of our control, but how do we then also deal with the personal responsibility? Okay. Getting into so, it. Yeah, so I like it. Yeah. All right. Because well, that's usually the, the dichotomy. Yeah. Well, if you tell me it's not my fault, then what about like I do spend money? It's like, yes, we need to we need to talk about that. We do. So, Here we go. Well, have that little tease for you. Yep. And until next time. And until next time. Take a load off, put the heat on fire. Spotlight here. Grab a cold one with a good bun. Cause friends drink beer. Hey, I'm I started a little loud, but there you go. Hey. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, friends do indeed drink beer. That's true. Thanks for listening to What's Up With Money. We'll continue our conversation in the next episode. But until then, please subscribe to rate and review the show. Giving a rating or review helps other people find the show. So if you like what you're hearing and you want others to hear it too, please give us a rating, share us on social media, or both. Reviews are also where you can leave us questions. So if you have any financial questions for us, please leave them in the review. We may answer it on the show. We love questions. We'll be back next week to continue our conversation and hopefully get a little bit closer to answering the age-old question, What's What's up up with money? All right, what is this? What do you got for All me? right, so I sent this to you. I find that, like, I run across things that I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we doing? So this one, like, was just a basic of, like, here's the math on retiring early. Oh, no. And then, so it's like, to me, it's like this big, like, bait and switch and just this, like... Sure. If you have these things, like, so like this one was like, you know, would you retire right now if you made eighty to a hundred thousand passively a year? Passively? Yeah. Without doing anything. Oh, what did I? Oh, wow. Good for me. Yeah, great. And then, like, if you're making a hundred k a year, it could take you twenty plus years to achieve this. Okay. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound too appealing. Mm. No, it doesn't. Luckily, there's a quicker way. Oh. <laughs> but, like, you, it's this, to me, it's this, like, stupid stuff of, like, 
Do you already have 1.2 to $2 million invested? I mean, of course I do. It's like, come on. I am a human being after all. Like, well, cool. Just give me that. Okay. And then then I can retire early. (laughs) And it's like, this is the, this is the stuff of like, technically like it's correct. It sounds like a Ponzi scheme to me. It sounds like that sounds like the bait to a pyramid scheme. If I've ever seen one, it might be. Yeah. But it's just like, it's this stupid stuff that I'm like, like technically the math nets out. Like, yes, if you have 2 million saved and you make 7% on it, that mathematically is $140,000 a year. Which is good. good. Which is good. Yeah. Now that that amount puts you in the top 5% of earners. Mm -hmm. But who has 2 million saved? Like. It's not me. And then who can save? I'll volunteer to have it though. You want to try it out? I'll try it out. You try it out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, this is like the stuff that like, and this is where I think like financial advice and financial advisors and TikTok and stuff. It's where it's like I've said, like lives in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, this works if you have $2 million. Now let's apply that to real life yeah. and real people. Well, I mean, all of TikTok lives in a vacuum. It's it's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's every no matter the subject matter like no, yeah, yeah. you find yourself in a hole in a vacuum. It's 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 you know there's the good and the bad of yeah. it. And this is a, a clear example of the whole of the vacuum of, of people not thinking outside of yeah what's actual what's reality. Well, and, you know? and like their strategy is like we can retire you early. Like click for more information on how we do this. So you click on it, which I did. Mm-hmm. And then they have a little survey. And they have this thing like, are you an accredited investor? Which is Ooh. a which is a financially technical term. Yeah. And you basically need to be making a lot of money year over year, which is really like the top like 2%, 3% of people might be considered an accredited investor. Mm-hmm. And so then you're like, this isn't for everybody. No, we've told me, you talked to me about this before, how like there are other financial advisors who, you know, brag about how much they're able to make, but they only work with people who invest up, you know, at, at least in X amount. Like they only work with people who are already investing a lot of money. Yeah, most so in that, in, that, in that way, it's easy. It's an easy game. Because you're like, you know, big, big money gets big money, you know? Yeah. Which is n- like, it's dumb because it's like, that doesn't mean you're any good. Mm-mm. It just means you're putting a lot of money into something that's going to, therefore, the percentage wise going to make you a lot of money. Yeah. 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 And it's like, like these guys are like, you know, like if you've got $2 million, we'd love to work with you. Of course. Sure. You everyone would. Of course. You <laughs> like, yeah. And but they're basing their idea that like they have some sort of like corner on the market yeah, no, right. and like it's like no they're sly they got like, they, they got a secret like can they do this with a normal person no <laughs> like Mm-mm. like someone that makes 100k and has a hundred thousand saved no they couldn't, no, couldn't they can't it. apply their strategy they can't make them retire early no. and it just drives me bonkers 
And it, like when I first, I was like, okay, let's, cause I, I'm, I click on all this. Of stuff. course, you gotta check it out. And that's why you're part of so many MLMs right now. I know, I know. <laughs> it's like I can, I can make anybody retire early if they're a multi-millionaire. There you go. Like, come on, like it's not hard. Mm-mm. Like it doesn't even, you don't even think. Like, yeah. I don't know. It just drives me nuts. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. But it's like... You're so riled up right now. But the math works. <laughs> like, I agree with the math. But this is not math for people. No, like it's not. Like, I I mean, I could help Bezos retire. Like, right now. Like I, I have no doubt you could. I think I could do it. I believe I in really you. I really do. It'd be, it'd, it'd be tough. It would. I, I think he'd be okay. <laughs> like, I think I... I he think, only makes a million dollars a minute. Yeah. That's it. So it's going to be tough. So, I mean, it might, yeah, it might be a challenge. It might be a challenge. But I'm up for it. I believe in you. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I want to read that memoir. Yeah. <laughs> how I made, how I helped Bezos retire. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Maybe that'll be my next book. Um, that'll be a new, a new docuseries. Uh, yeah. On, on Peacock. All of, all of the wisdom <laughs> and financial, like, strategy that I applied. Yeah. But, uh, oh, I guess it would be on Amazon because he owns it. So it'd be a docu series on Amazon. Yeah, Prime it Video. Be. Prime, Prime Video. video. For sure. It'd be Prime for Video sure. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this stuff, crap. <laughs>